This is the No Nonsense Agile Podcast. Join us for weekly discussions on agile, product development, and leadership with world-class experts who provide valuable insights and practical advice for industry professionals. Subscribe now to learn the latest trends and best practices in the field. In this episode, we talk about leadership support for agile ways of working, why leadership support is critical for change, why some leaders support agility and others secretly undermine it, how agile is being sold as a miracle cure by big consulting companies, and why agile is rolled back by authoritarian leaders with a factory mindset, how executives can learn what agile really means by working with agile coaches and why servant leadership is the key to agility, and how you can change your culture rapidly by changing who makes decisions about what. Welcome to the No Nonsense Agile Podcast. I'm Shane Gibson. And I'm Murray Robinson. Hey Murray, I think today we're going to talk about business agility and why senior executives don't support the move to an agile way of working Yeah, so agile, lean, and design thinking are very popular these days. And everybody's saying they're doing it. Executives talk about it and they hire the big consulting firms to help implement it. But in practice, many executives put up bureaucratic barriers that prevent their organizations from becoming agile. So there's a lot of agile in name only. Have you seen this? Yeah, so I've never been lucky enough to go into an organization that's doing agile from the top. I've always gone in at a team or a department. There's been a number of times where I've been brought in to help a forward-thinking executive. So they have either seen this thing called agile and said to their teams, hey, this looks like an interesting thing. Should we experiment with it? Or more often, somebody in their team who's a senior level goes to them, look, we think this new way of working is going to have some benefits for us. Are we allowed to have a go? And they've said yes. And then as the team start to experiment, they realize having some coaching may be useful and the executive sponsors the cost or the permission to go do that work. So I've seen that a few times and those are the engagements I like because we have somebody senior holding the browner above the team and give them time to learn. I've worked in other organizations where I've come in at a team or a department level and we don't have that senior sponsorship and we're constantly fighting a regard action of why are we doing this weird and wonderful way of working? Why aren't we just writing six months with requirements documents? What I don't know is why are those forward-thinking execs willing to take the risk to see if Agile works for them and why are so many executives not willing to? Yeah, so I have been an exec. I was a general manager at a mid-sized digital agency and that organization went agile because it had got itself into some serious trouble financially. Those projects were losing a lot of money and its clients were unhappy. I know of one organization where the CEO was running their digital startup arm and he was brought up in this agile, fast iterative approach and then they made him CEO of this 600 person organization and he just adopted it and got some coaches in to help. He was put in charge because they'd got into themselves into a lot of trouble with not getting the revenue that they were expecting. Interesting thing there is that can be a bench. Organizations have to make change. 
then maybe execs are more open to try an agile approach because they have to do something different. I've always wondered with the senior people I've worked with, their teams have had success adopting an agile way of working. If they changed organization, would they do it again? And so from what you said, the digital person had been through it before, was convinced it was a way that was successful and therefore adopted it from the top because why wouldn't? I do wonder if there's any stats out there about how many times people do it more than once. Yeah, I've seen agile rolled back a few times, actually. It's always been because there's been a change of leadership and the new leader coming in is a traditional person who believes in big design and big plan up front and wants everybody to do what they're told. It doesn't mean that they're old. It's just somebody with that mindset. It tends to be a macho thing. How do those execs make that decision? Are they going to the shiny suit consulting companies and drinking the Kool-Aid that digital transformation is the way to go? Or do you think they have cohorts of other executives that they trust who have said, hey, we've tried this thing and it seems to be working for us? So... The thing about being an executive is that you're in an extremely political environment. It's hard usually to tell what caused what. There are a lot of people claiming success for things that other people did. And there's also a lot of people blaming other people for things. There's people in there who are really terrific people, honest, open, caring, compassionate, straightforward people. They tend not to do as well as the people who are very political. Now, I've seen executives get on board with Agile because it's the new shiny thing and they think that it's going to be good for their careers and they're going to get promoted. There are people who believe in it and have seen that it's really valuable. Others will just discard it as soon as the next shiny thing comes along or if it's too difficult. When I was in a senior management position, I could see it was going to solve a lot of the problems. But a lot of people are doing it just because it sounds good. The thing today is to say that you're doing agile. They get in the big management consulting firms to tell them what to do. And the big management consulting firms don't know how to do it either. So I've definitely seen that political environment, corporate gladiatorial coliseum where you either win or you lose. And if you lose, you look for another job. And so that's why I have utmost respect the senior people that have sponsored me to go in and help their teams do this experiment to trial changing the way they work. I don't believe they take the risk of actually having a good understanding of what Agile is. They're not cowboys. They don't shoot from the hip, most of them. They would have done some research, considered it and said, hey, it's worth taking the risk because it looks like the rewards for the organization themselves is there. And your experience, if you're an exec who... He's just seen this word agile in your latest email from the management consulting company. What do they need to know? I'm assuming sending them on an agile scrum 101 course is probably not for them. It's probably not the right level of content. In your experience, what does an exec need to know about agile? So somebody who is already a servant leader is going to find agile fits well with them and their way of doing things and trusting teams. So they then need to focus on restructuring into product teams and improving their processes with lean and taking an agile approach to projects. People like that could be helped by getting in trainers and coaches. You can't really learn this stuff just by doing a two-day course. You can get an intro to it. 
but you really then need experienced people to help you because there's quite a lot of change. Agile challenges the factory model. So most organizations are set up like a Ford factory where you've got a function that does something in a very specialized way and they do it efficiently and then they pass it to the next function who do their bit and eventually a car pops out the end that's very efficient. When you're building the same thing over and over again, it doesn't work when you're trying to do anything new. In my experience, managers just don't understand that. They've been brought up in this factory model and this factory mindset and they just really don't understand how different you have to work if you're going to be developing products or software. So they need experts to come in and help them and they probably need some new leaders as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to differentiate between people who manage teams and people who manage companies. If I was having a conversation with a manager of a team, the things I would tell them about Agile that I think they should know would be different to what I think I would tell an exec. Part of it is telling them what the hell is this Agile thing. Part of it is why should they take the risk and actually let their team have a go. But more importantly, I would want to tell them what's likely to happen so they could then think about it, manage the political risk of that is happening. If I was having a conversation with the manager of a team, I would say the team will start to self-organize over time. So all the things that you do, which look like that factory process, they're going to disappear. They end up doing something else. The team going to start working really, really well, and then they're going to start being constrained by other teams. They're going to be reliant on them, and those teams are going to deliver in time. So you will need to start focusing on unblocking or bringing those skills from those teams into your team so you're an end-to-end product team. Yeah, but you're talking about mid-level managers there. So if I talk to the exec, I would say to them that after six to nine months, your team are going to be so successful. Every other exec's going to want your team doing something for them for free because they need stuff done and your team's now being recognized as the one team that can get shit done. I still think you're talking middle management level, Shane. I know two examples of executives of a bank and a telco who did an agile transformation. And I've talked to some of the consultants and coaches who were in there and they told me why they did it and how. So in both these cases, the CEOs were under a lot of pressure to increase profit from their shareholders and boards, and they were really struggling to do it. And one of the big three management consulting firms, McKinsey, Bain, BCG, told them that they had helped ING Bank cut their costs by 25% and drastically increase their profits by implementing Agile because Agile is more efficient, it requires less managers, and so you can just fire 25% of your managers and 25% of your staff and all go to the bottom line and you'll make a big profit. The consulting firms say they've got a big playbook, they've done it all before, they have the structures and the processes and international experts, so bring them in for $12,000 a day per person and they'll reorganize your organization into an agile one using the Spotify model and safe. There'll be lots of secret meetings and secret rooms and they'll come up with a new organizational structure and work out who's going to make the cut to the new one and they'll manage all that for you and then they'll implement a big bang transformation and there'll be lots of 
videos and PowerPoint packs to persuade people and then bang, you've doubled or tripled your profit overnight. And the executives have signed up for it on the basis that if they get half of what was promised, it'll still be really good. Yeah. Good for the profit. Won't be good for the people who have been changed, managed and yet another restructure. This is the way executives think. It's about how do they deal with the pressures on them from their shareholders. Executives do want their people to be happy and they want to produce good products and they want their customers to be happy, but that's all after making a profit. Okay. So what you're saying though, is that if an executive is interested in agile and they're talking to the big three, they're not getting the, what is agile? And they're not getting the, what does agile mean to you? They're just getting the why they're getting, if you do this agile thing, these are the benefits for you go forth and conquer. Yeah. It's like a black box. Right. And that's part of the problem. I would say to an executive, as your teams change, you can no longer budget and plan the way you used to. The management consulting firm is changing their budgeting process as well. So when they do this, they'll change the budgeting process to go to quarterly budgeting. For example, they are coaching and training the execs, they're restructuring the organization, they're defining new roles and responsibilities. They're doing change management. Usually they have one agile person who knows what they're doing and then a whole lot of young people following a playbook. These execs are actually really smart people. And so they will learn about it and they'll buy a book and read about it because they know this is the new thing and they've got to be on board. So they'll all be enthusiastically on board with it. But what's driving it is the profit outcomes that they expect. So it's being sold as increased profit by improving efficiency and also become more innovative and much faster like Amazon. The thing is, though, the CEO and the next layer down are keen on getting these profit benefits and cost savings that we're talking about. But after that, everybody else and even some of the executive team are just going with the political climate. So they'll be enthusiastic about it. But at the same time, they'll be trying very hard to defend their territory. So there's a lot of saying A and doing B. They're defending their territory or they're trying to grab some new territory. I walked into one of those organizations and I worked away with their team. Would I have the perception that has business agility, that the organization is behaving in an agile way, not just a team? You certainly see a lot of packs and videos saying that. We had one of those organizations help one of our telecommunication companies in New Zealand. I wasn't involved. But my understanding is around about six levels of middle management were removed at organization. I've seen a lot where middle management get removed, but the people doing those roles automatically become product. We move the slippers, we don't change them. But in this case, they removed a large number of people out of that organization from those roles. Well, they have a target they have to meet for reducing the number of managers. So that's what they'll do. Okay. So let's park the big three coming in and doing the old restructure, reduce heat count to money and using the agile brand as their excuse whereas i seem to remember ones where we used to do time and motion studies yeah it used to be business process re-engineering total quality management lean six sigma but if i'm an exec in an organization that either has a problem that i need to solve i've heard about this thing called agile and i think it has legs and may make the organization better potentially save some money We'll do things faster. 
where do they go to understand what this thing is? There's no agile MBA. You can do an entrepreneurial MBA, which I think they talk about lean startup and things like that in there. Yeah, but we do those execs go to understand what agile is, why they should do it and what it means for them if they start to go down that path. They could come and talk to people like me, Shane. Yeah, I've seen consulting companies use the two-day safe course as a way of educating an exec. And I always struggle with that because it gets into the weeds a lot. Some of the execs I've talked to about it said it was great. They got immersed. They learned lots of jargon, saw the big picture, and it made sense to them because there were lots of boxes and lots of lines, and it fitted how the organization worked now. And then they went back to their desks and bought the next fire. What they should do is get a bunch of very experienced agile coaches to come in and help them but they tend not to do that they go for the big brand names but you should start with going on a short course on agile for executives they'll teach you the basics in a forum with other senior managers that's not going to be embarrassing for you and then you need to hire and engage people who know what they're doing to work with you at a senior level my view is you should only bring in contract or consulting agile coaches if you've already created a small agile coaching team and you need to upskill actually uh, agile way of working is a lifestyle that's going to carry on forever and you're always going to need coaches and sometimes getting experienced coaches who are wanting to be permanent for an organization is hard so we have value when we go in and help those organizations but one of the goals we should be given is to make some other people as good as us in that organization. So we can leave and go help the next one. And they've now got a sustainable way of coaching within their organization. Sure. And organization should start small, prove that it works, do some experimentation and, and scale up the things that work in an evolutionary and exponential way, doubling the teams that are doing it. Use Agile to implement Agile. So that's a good point. And once your team's really successful, they should help another exec implement what they've done to expand out that way of working across the organization. And that will require the first exec's team to support the other teams because it's all new to them. If we want the organization to change, we have to start seeding that behavior across the organization. By being first, you're effectively going to wear the cost and effort of helping because you can't even go and do it on their own because you've learned so much. Why would you let? Another part of the organization, learn all the same mistakes you learn if you could help them do it a little bit quicker and a little bit better. Yeah. Business agility is not about implementing Scrum at the team level. It's about quite a large change to your basic assumptions about business and organizations. As I said, it's a move from a factory mindset to a much more of an exploratory mindset. A lot of people will say that they're having trouble with Agile because of the culture of the organization. If we look at the surveys, they say that culture is the biggest thing. We don't do this here. It's not supporting us. But culture is not something you can change directly. Culture is a result of management behavior because managers reward some things and punish others, and then everybody follows it, and that creates your culture. So in order to get a supportive environment, you need to get your executives and your managers to change their behavior and that's only going to happen if there's a change to the structure and what the executives reward and how they're rewarded as well when you have a team that's working together and they will have their salaries 
and bonuses. What the hell do you do? Because most of those financial structures are based around individuals, not around teams. So how do you change the compensation structure to be more team-based, to match what we're asking yeah. them to do? And same with execs. How do you change the executive's compensation structure to support this new way of working across the organization, not just focusing on their group being really successful so they get their bonus? Look, executives are people who have been promoted multiple times, so they are good at being promoted. It doesn't have to mean being capable of whatever you're being asked to do at the moment. There's the old Peter principle of people getting promoted up to the point where they're incompetent. But I would say they actually usually get promoted a couple of levels beyond that if they're good enough with the people and political side of things. There's got to be something in it for the executives. How can they do well in the organisation? How can they gain personally? You've got people who have built up a functional empire in design, for an example, or architecture or sales. They've been focused on getting more budget, more staff, more influence because they're great at design. And now you're saying to them, design is going to be distributed amongst all these product teams. They're going to find that threatening and they're going to say, yeah, love it, and then try and do everything they can to stop it. So you've got to find some way of showing them what they're going to get out of it, that they're going to get new responsibilities, which are going to be as important as their previous ones. So we come back to the point you made earlier, though. There are people who behave like servant leaders. That's a natural way of working. They are the best execs I've ever worked with yeah. allowing their teams to experiment. And they still seem to get promoted because their teams do such a good job, get stuff done. The success goes up to those execs and they tend to get the next role or the next level of responsibility that comes. There are other people who don't behave that way. What should we call them? What's the anti-pattern for a servient leader? I'd call them a politician. So a political leader where they focus on looking good. Do we think politicians are command and control? Maybe we've got three, servient leader, political leader, and a command and control leader. Maybe there's the politicians, the authoritarian leaders and there's servant leaders and there's bureaucrats i would say yeah i'll probably put the bureaucrats and the authoritarian i've worked with quite a few bureaucrats who are really nice and easygoing but they're focused on stability process and harmony okay so we're saying that if the exec behaves like a servant leader with boots at all helping them because yep. they want to understand they want to see how that helps their team and their organization then they'll support everybody as much as they can. What about the other three? Do we just say uh, they're done for, they'll eventually die out? I don't think they will. I think you said actually age doesn't infer agility. When we were going through school, I was being taught factory processes. I know the education system's changed, but I don't think it's changed that much. Are we teaching the young people of today anything around civilian leadership and agility and changing ways of working? I'm not convinced we are. Not in my country. I think leaders are made, not born. I think that maybe 25% of managers were actually this type of servant leader. And I think that there's quite a lot of people who are capable of changing. So well, I think about my own experience. When I was a project manager, before I really got into Agile, I think I was quite authoritarian at times because the organization said to me, you are responsible, you must make this happen no matter what. And then I took on that responsibility and was trying to make it happen. 
but I actually couldn't because the work was being done by other people. But I learned to let go and share my responsibility with the team. I think there's a lot of managers who are frustrated with the way that management is being done today and are capable of learning servant leadership. And once they've done it, they discover that it's wonderful and they want to keep doing it. But there's also a lot of people who don't. So I've met scrum masters who are actually authoritarian command and control project managers who are now calling themselves scrum master slash project manager and just behaving exactly the same way as they were before. So I think this idea that we've got servant leaders, authoritarian leaders, political leaders, and bureaucratic leaders, that when they show an interest in agile for the organization, then we probably need to tailor the conversation. The way we describe what it is, the way we describe why we might want to do it, and the way we describe what it actually is going to mean for them over the next period of time should probably be tailored based on that personality style. I think what really happens is that a leader in a senior role says, I want to do this new approach because it fits with them. And then they have a whole lot of other people underneath them who start to fall in line with the new direction. So I think you've got an opportunity then to go and encourage good behaviors and to challenge people's assumptions and to train people and change the structure and cause changes in behavior. So Daniel Mezik, who runs Open Space Agility, says that you can change the way an organization works within three days by changing who is allowed to make the decisions about what. So once you do that, the culture will change. So if you change who has the right to make decisions about things, which happens through a change in structure to change in roles and responsibilities, and you can make really big changes in the way people behave. And then beliefs tend to follow behavior. Makes sense to me. I would want to see it in practice. I think the research has shown that beliefs are about helping you to fit in and do well in the environment you're in. And so if the environment changes and you need a different sort of behavior to do well, then people will start behaving differently. And then their values and assumptions and beliefs will follow as they experience a new way. Yeah. And I've seen that with teams. I often go and help a team and there are some people on the team who don't believe that this thing's going to be successful and their point of view is fear. They've potentially been agile before with daily stand-ups or they come from a fairly structured background and this is all mumbo-jumbo to them. But as the team changes the way they make decisions, as they change the way they work, I've seen those people change their behavior and their beliefs. Some people won't change, but they're a minority. Yeah, and some people vote themselves off the island. And that's fair. It's not for everybody and that's okay. So I think closing out, I'm going to keep working with teams and departmental people because the politics are at exact level where Agile has been used to cut 25% of the cost to get profit. It sucks. I think I'm going to look at the leaders a little bit differently around those classifications of servant leader, politician, authoritarian, and bureaucrat, and try to make sure I work with the servant leaders because they're just cool people and they help the teams be successful. And keep an idea that the execs taking a risk of sponsoring this change. If you're the servant leader coming in as an exec and trying to implement this change, you are taking a risk, which has great rewards. It would be easier not to change anything, wouldn't it? Yeah, sometimes. So what about you? What's your takeaways from why execs often don't get it? They don't get it because they don't want to, because they're afraid of losing power. 
basically. I find that problems with agility are really not due to what's going on at the team level. Teams take up agile ways of working quickly and easily because they can see it helps them. The blockers to being agile in an organization are all coming from management, some of whom are on board and some of whom are pretending to be on board but will undermine you and others who are against it. Really, to become a successful agile organization, you need strong support from your leadership because it's a big change. You might say, why would they even do it? And what I think is happening is that organizations who are innovative, fast and efficient because they're using new ways of doing things are just out competing the old organizations. People are doing this because they see that Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify are all doing things differently and being very successful. And I think the organizations that don't or are just doing it but paying lip service are just slowly declining. And they're so big, they've got so much money that they don't decline overnight, but they just slowly decline away, losing market share, losing profit. Yeah. And if you want to be part of the future, I think you have to try and become a more agile organization throughout. Yeah, and if you want to lead the charge, be a servant leader because then lots of people will jump on board and help you be successful because... These are the people that make it successful and the people we want to work with. Yeah, and I think that there's actually a burning need for change in these organizations. Plenty of people recognize that their organization is quite dysfunctional, even the ones that appear successful on the surface. And a lot of people really want to improve the way things work. And a lot of those people are in management. There's a need for a change. The bush is dry. And if you light a match, change will take off because people want it. You're right. Well, I think we'll close it out there. It's been a good chat. We'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Shane. That was the No Nonsense Agile Podcast from Murray Robinson and Shane Gibson. If you'd like help to create high-value digital products and services, contact murray at evolve.co. That's Evolve with a zero. Thanks for listening.